What does the number $5,450 mean to you? The Joel Osteen Remix, baby! Uh-huh. Uh well, if you want to sit on the fourth floor of the next great Joel Osteen spiritual revival that's in Sunrise, Florida on February the 8th, well, that's how much it's going to cost you. $5,450. And of course, this is all for the glory of the Lord. This is all for the, His righteousness and His glory. Now, for those of you who do not have great faith, or you may have little faith, for you peasants who do not know how to trust God and believe God for money because your faith is weak and your faith is low and you are just a weak, simple-minded, lazy Christian who don't know how to pray and thank God for great blessings like Joel Osteen. For you peasants, well, we have tickets that are affordable for you too. How about $369 for row D on the fourth floor? What about $324 for section 133, row 17? What about $319? And for you very poor and you very derelict, $270 to hear the greatest ear tickler, the greatest orator, the greatest spiritual giant that has ever been, Joel Osteen. What a heretic. This has been a message brought to you by The Luminary, host of the radio podcast, The Truth Stand, which you can hear every week on thetruthstand.org. That is T-A-G-T-R-U-T-H-S-T-A-N-D dot O-R-G, thetruthstand.org. You can chase a lot all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands. chase a lot all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands, and we're taking a stand right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Once again, I am in the glorious Truth Stand Studios, aka the second room in my house. You are watching me record this through OBS on the Dell Laptop Experion Series 6 computer. The Logitech C920 webcam is in full effect. That's why you're seeing my face. The Tascam headphones are on. Now, you're going to ask me, Luminary, why are we seeing your face and why do you have headphones on? Well, I'm going to get to that in just one moment. But to continue the technology check, I have the TicWatch Pro Smartwatch on my wrist. And on my left is the repository of all information, the Galaxy Tab S4 and the Pixel 2 XL, which is trusty and always on airplane mode. Now, you are hearing the dulcet tones and the always radio-ready voice of the luminary behind the blue Yeti blackout microphone with the pop filter. Once again, 
Why are you seeing me on headphones? And why in the world am I recording through OBS? Well, that is simple, people, because you should be seeing a screen right now. You should see a little lady in a ponytail. She works for Inside Edition. Right there in front of you, you should be seeing a big, giant Escalade. Who is getting in that Escalade? None other than Word of Faith teacher, Kenneth Copeland. And she has some serious questions for Kenneth Copeland. Questions that need to be answered by people who are always giving their money to the church. People who are always giving their money to these people. And they're living these great opulent lifestyles. Now, this is about a 12-minute video. I'm going to comment on most of it. It is a cringe-worthy video. I'm going to tell you. This man was completely caught off guard and did not know how to respond. What are they? Can you get a funny the ghost track? They had the night. It costs when if you they just gave you gave them. We, the the withdrawal bringing U.S. home troops from home. And 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 the the the. You know, you know, you know. You, you 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 need somebody. Wait, so uh, what, finally what? And uh, um. Now, I'm going to say lots of things here about the Word of Faith movement. A lot of things that's going to upset some of you. It's going to upset some of your friends who are still Word of Faith, prosperity gospel people. Let me tell you a few things about this video, or let me set the table for this video because I have a few statements. So right now, we're going to turn to this repository information that will be the Galaxy Tab S4. I want to just establish a few things. One, you're looking at someone who was a part of the Word of Faith theology for 25 years. Do not try to challenge me. I know this stuff backwards and forwards and around again. I know every lie. I know every deception. Quite frankly, if I wanted to make money for a living doing that, I could and I'd be great at it because I know exactly how to lie to you. I know exactly what scriptures to bend and contort to make what I want to make happen. I know it. So this is coming from a man of 25 years of experience. So I'm going to discern this video based upon that information and based upon the fact that I now know the truth about scripture. I want to also establish that Kenneth Copeland is a false teacher, always has been a false teacher. The word of faith theology is a damnable heresy. And so is the prosperity gospel. The interviewer here is using legitimate questions. However, she is definitely trying to paint Christians and Christian preachers as bad people through people like Kenneth Copeland. That's just like how many people try to paint the Christian church through the sexual abuses of Catholic priests. It's not the same thing. I was once again deep into the word of faith theology. I understand its nuances. I understand its practices and the theology. I don't come from a place of bitterness. I am deeply concerned for the body of Christ. And the major reason why I'm deeply concerned for the body of Christ is because the word of faith Jesus is a different Jesus. That is a different Christ. And if they preach a different Christ, it is accursed, according to Paul, the Apostle Paul. Here's the thing. I'm going to start playing this video. And I'm going to start and stop and talk. I'm trying not to make this video too long, but I am also not in the name of trying to keep it short. I'm going to shortchange any of you as it relates to what you should be hearing. And let's hit play. Let's get it going. How are you, sir? 
We'd just like to ask you about why you don't want to fly commercial. Why have you said that you won't fly commercial? You said that it's like getting into a tube with a bunch of demons. So as you can see, she ambushes him. That's a common tactic. Now watch this. Why do you think well, that? No, no, listen to me just a second. Of course. Not the people. The main reason is because of the need. If, if I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. That's really the main isn't it true that you want to fly commercial so that you can fly in luxury? How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Brilliant! That would be an excellent question. Isn't it the business of your donors? You are absolutely correct. Yes, it is the business of the donors. I am telling you this. These people aren't called donors, but they're just called people who pay tithes and offerings. And of course, we all know the tithe is absolutely unbiblical. It's ungodly. It doesn't belong to the Christian church. It is something that is used as a system of how to pay for this these big Roman edifices of decadence. And that's what they're using tithes and offerings for. This guy is using it to pay for jets. Remember Jesse DePlantis who said, hey, if... I don't get a jet. The Lord is going to kill me or something like that. It's ridiculous. I need to know, what are you doing with my money? What are you doing with my money? So that's an excellent question. I paid. <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard here. You don't know how. <laughs> he's shook he doesn't know what to do he's absolutely shook and she's smiling because she knows she has him okay certainly well if you'd like to come out here i'd like to give you a chance to to catch your breath and and have a conversation we don't want to we don't want to catch you off guard i love inside edition you got to get this now hey you listen to me my my wife thinks inside edition is oh yeah <laughs> Listen at him now. See, now he's trying to buy time because he doesn't know what to say. Oh, my wife loves uh, Inside Edition. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But why is this important? Why is she asking these questions to this guy? Why? Because these people live a lifestyle that the Bible does not endorse. Towards the end of this video, you're going to hear him try to use Abraham and the covenant of Abraham to justify this. That is a pillar, one of the foundational pillars of the fraudulent word of faith doctrine. And I will go over that in just a few moments. But these questions are very important because people are sitting in these churches, just giving these people money, thinking that the Lord is just going to bless their socks off, thinking that they have given to this man because he is supposedly doing the work. He is supposedly doing the greatest ministry of them all. And he is is not. He is spreading a false doctrine, a false evil doctrine. Let me ask you a question. If the word of faith doctrine is so true, why in the world do we have millions of Christians being persecuted in over, over the Atlantic Ocean? I would like for you to take that doctrine to them and tell them that they don't have enough faith, so that's the reason why they're not being blessed. They don't have enough faith, so that's why they're being persecuted. I would love for you to tell them that, but let's continue. Now, Thank you, Lord. Help me. Just let me, let me pray. Wait, well, let me. Let me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Help me. Oh, my God. I'm in deep trouble. Lord, help me. Let me just ask you a really simple question. A lot of people think it's unbecoming for a preacher to live a life of luxury and to fly around in private jets. 
What's your response to that? Very simple. It takes a lot of money to do what we do. We have brought over a hundred, let's see, this, the latest figures just came out, uh, 122 million people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, really? He has led 122 million people to Jesus Christ. Now, how in the blue blazes would he know that? What, because they filled out some card? What, because they said some phony baloney prayer out loud amongst everybody? And so you counted all them saying, oh, that's another soul saved. That's another soul saved. Let me tell you something. That is a common tactic of people who want to get more money for ministry purposes. They would tell you, we're changing lives and we're saving souls. And so we got these millions of people that we're saving so therefore the money and all the stuff that we get all oh, that that that's really not that big of a deal let me give you another example last may i was scheduled for lagos nigeria that's a long ways i had a week off and i was scheduled for peru and i prayed about it and i thought I'm not missing that dedication in Jerusalem without the airplane that we have that Look I bought from Turner, period. Is. And Look I didn't pay anywhere. Eyes. Tyler's one of the greatest guys. He made it. He made that airplane so cheap for me, I couldn't help but buy it. Oh, my God. Who cares? Look at him. He, he's, he's up here just rambling. It's incoherent. He went from one thing to the next. He's, he's up here. He's fishing for something to say. He, he doesn't know what to do because these people live in a cloistered environment, people. These people don't live in a reality where they're actually challenged. Let me tell you something. When I was part of the Word of Faith, I was told not to listen to anybody else. I was told not to listen to other people. I was told that I don't need to listen to anybody but the preacher that I was underneath and then the preachers that he recommended because those preachers were the ones that taught him. See, what you're going to find out, okay, he's going to mention Oral Robertson a little bit here, that the Word of Faith theology is a hand-me-down theology. It is a theology that starts from here to there to there to there, and it's handed, handed, handed down. And then it's handed to you and you're told never to challenge it. You're told that you're not supposed to question it or anything like that because that will rob you of your faith. People who do that have small faith and they don't have what they want from the Lord because they don't know how to trust the Lord. So let's continue with this. I love your eyes. And uh, here's what happened. Wait a minute. I love your eyes. What in the world? That is so creepy. That is Joe Biden creepy. I love your eyes. Ill, dirty old man, ill. We flew in 21 days, 70 hours, 40,000 miles, touched five continents, and preached face to face personally with 125,000 people. Do you ever do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment. Now, to be, truth be told, that's not a big deal. I mean, if he has a private jet going everywhere, well, why can't he use it to go home into his luxury homes? But the fact is, he has luxury homes. What business does this man have having all of these assets? Huh? You got to understand, these people think 
that they deserve it because they think that they're God's servant and that God rewards his servants. And yes, he does, but not the way they talk about it, not the way they go about it. You can't find one example of Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, Benny Hinn, Insert Your Heretic, Beth Moore, uh, what's the other old white lady? I, I forget her name. But Insert Your Heretic. You can't find not one description of that in the Bible. Oh, Kenneth Copeland's supposed to be opulent and rich, huh? Wait a minute. Paul wasn't, and we're talking about the Apostle Paul. Neither were the disciples. Neither were Christ. You can't find any example of that. You said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We rest. Oh, did you see that? And don't you ever say that I didn't. He points at her and he leers at her. Look at those eyes. He he just really wants her because he thinks right now he's actually pointing to a demon himself. Because you got to understand in the word of faith. See, whenever they're challenged, they blame the devil. They blame the devil. By the way, one of the points I wanted to make earlier, Kenneth Copeland isn't going to be hurt by this. Let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to go back to his church and he's going to say the devil is trying the ministry. The devil is trying to destroy the work of the Lord. They're going to quote pray in tongues that the pe people are going to plead the blood of Jesus over him. They're going to make positive confessions. They're going to quote rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. They're going to have this celebration. There's going to be fake healings and fake miracles. And then they're going to bleed those suckers dry for money. That's exactly what's going to happen. You want to know why he referred to those people as demons? Now, he's not talking about them personally. I will tell him, I will grant him that. He's not talking about people in person. But what he's really referring to when he's talking about them being demons, he's talking about the quote spirit behind them that they're full of the devil. And see, got to remember in the word of faith, see, these preachers, they can't be bothered with these people who are demonic and evil and bad because, see, it'll interrupt their ability to hear the spirit. It'll interrupt their ability to sense what the Lord is telling them. It'll do all these kind of weird things to them. And he's going to kind of explain that in a rambling, incoherent manner. So let's just continue. So not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Can you explain what you meant by that, yes. that, by that term then? Just, just explain, because it's really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. What did you mean? The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that people that fly commercial are demons? Well, give me a chance to talk, sweetheart. I'll explain this to you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. People, I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people when somebody in there is dragging some woman down an aisle it made me so mad to see that on television i wanted to punch a guy out myself i can't be doing that while i'm getting ready to preach so you just don't like to be around the sinful people or the the hurtful people is that what you're saying not the people baby not the people now, listen, I will defend Kenneth Copeland on that. Hey, if I had a private plane, I would love to fly private. I don't want to be around these a lot of people because there are things that happen on airplanes. There are a bunch of crazy people on airplanes. And when you're trying to do something, whether or not I think this man's a false teacher or not is beside the point. You don't want to be bothered. And so really, that's all he really had to say. And I think human beings could have related to that. But 
regardless, let's continue. Back during the days that we couldn't do anything else, we had to travel commercial. When I went to Oral Roberts University, I flew for Oral Roberts. I'm a commercial pilot. So I spent a lot of time in Arab. You have how many planes? We have the Gulf Stream, and we still have our Citation team. And then we have a little small airplane, but both those are the two ones that we use, and we use them all the time. And other people use them too. We have other ministries that, that use these. In the book of Ephesians, oh God, I love this. We wrestle not with people, but with principalities and powers, unseen things, rulers of the darkness of this world. Talking about the devil, he's a very real devil, just the same as Jesus is a very real Lord. And, and I spent a lot of time on airlines. But the main thing that happened was not, that wasn't the main reason. The main reason was I could no longer do what I called to do and be on the airlines. Besides that, I need my clothes when I get there. And, so, and you have some fancy clothes. I, I mean, do. for a pastor, you are living yes. a life of luxury. Yes, you've am. got great homes. You've got yes. great... Listen to him. Yes, I am. The Lord been good to me. Yes, I am. The Lord been good. I got good clothes. I got many jets. I got many houses because the Lord is good. Let me ask you a question. That same Lord, how come he isn't good to those over the Atlantic Ocean in Pakistan, in Iraq, in Syria, in Nigeria, where they're being persecuted on a daily basis. If you two have the same God and the same gospel, well, how come he's not blessing them like he blesses you? Oh, it's because, see, they don't have enough faith and they're not in ministry like I am. Yeah, sure, right. Planes, you, do you drive in limos? I'm a and very wealthy man. You're a very wealthy man. Yes. Yeah. And some and people I'm would like, say that, is it, is it appreciated? May I add something to that? That's ridiculous. Why did he say that? Yes, yes, I, I live very well. I'm a very wealthy man. <laughs> Way to stick both feet in your mouth, Kenny boy. Way to stick both feet in your mouth, Kenny boy. Uh, I, I, my wealth doesn't come from offerings alone. Because you sell things, books and DVDs. It comes from a false teaching known as tithing as well, where it says the Bible says you're supposed to give a tenth of your first fruit and your increase. That is a lie because the actual Old Testament biblical tithe was 33% and it wasn't money. It was stuff. It was things that you possessed. There's all types of offerings in the Old Testament. None of that institutionalized for the church. None of it. They get the 10% or the 10th from some obscure scripture in Proverbs that has nothing to do with that. And I have a lot of natural gas on our property. Didn't know that, did you, baby? Now I do. Yeah, you do. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Oh, yes. Look at how I look at all I got. Isn't that wonderful, baby? Hey, baby, don't don't, don't you want to you know fly on one of my planes with me, baby? So, final question is: a lot of people maybe have a misunderstanding then about what you do in prosperity preaching. Yeah. So, the final question is this: to those critics that say that a preacher should not be living a life of luxury, what is your response to that? They're wrong. That's it. That 
It's a misunderstanding of the Bible. By the way, he's about to lie on scripture here. I just want to prepare you for that. That if you, if you go into the old covenant, do you think the Jewish people believe you should be broke? What does that have to do with the New Testament church? Absolutely nothing. But these people believe in a false doctrine known as replacement theology, saying that we replaced Israel. So all of their promises belong to us. So what that means is that since other people were rich during that time, then we should be rich as well. That's an absolutely unbiblical false teaching because the Bible is dispensational. There are seven dispensations in scripture. The Bible is not something where the Old Testament and the New Testament meshes together. Together and it just becomes one. That's not how that works. The Old Testament is a shadow and a foreshadowing of the things to come in the New Testament, meaning that the Old Testament is the, the laws, the covenant. We are under a new set of promises. So that the things he's about to say does not apply to the church. But let's continue. Are you saying that Jewish people appreciate money more than... Well, they believe in wealth. Some people would find that offensive. No, wait a minute now. I'm not talking about some people. I'm talking about the Bible. The blessing of Abraham. Abraham was extremely wealthy. And he had a covenant with God. Not the, it's not the Jewish blessing. It's the Abrahamic blessing. God, I get excited talking about it because I love it. And I started out deep in debt with nothing. Which is another story. But anyway... You say that it's biblical and that, that, that. So in translation, as a Christian, see, if you really understand the Abrahamic covenant, see, you could be like Kenneth Copeland, be broken, poor and defeated, and then be rich and victorious and opulent. See, that's what he really means by that. But let's continue because I'm just going to let it play for a little bit for the sake of time. But I'm going to comment on this whole Abrahamic covenant thing in a second. There's a foundation in the Bible for this. Let me close it with this. I, um. I had to learn this, like I said, from the Bible and from my spiritual mentor, Oral Roberts. And, and I, I learned it from him, working with him. And See, hand-me-down theology. He didn't learn that from the Bible. He learned it from Oral Roberts, who learned it from another man, who learned it from another man. That's how the word of faith theology works. You can't find the word of faith theology in the Bible, but you can find it among the teachings of the progenitors of the word of faith. People like Kenneth E. Hagin, people like that, people like Essex W. w. Kenyon, people like that. And then we became, he was close friends. By the way, just as a plug, Justin Peters has an outstanding DVD series on the word of faith movement called a Time for discernment, a biblical, I think it's a call to discernment. That's what it's called, a call to discernment by Justin Peters. And it's a biblical critique of the word faith movement. It's an excellent two-part DVD series. You, you'll love it. As a matter of fact, you can probably get it for free on YouTube if you just look, look it up on YouTube. Until he died. And, um, and he took the same heat for believing God would prosper you that I've taken over the years. And Abraham was very, very wealthy man. Galatians chapter 3. It comes to life. If you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. And
stop. The covenant of Abraham with the father is that he would make him the father of many nations. It is indeed true that we are the spiritual seeds of Abraham. But what does that mean? Does that mean we have Abraham's wealth ability? No. The Bible is absolutely clear, particularly in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians has one major message. The law can't save you. The law is done away with. Faith in Christ and Christ alone can save you. Only Christ alone. Only faith in Christ alone can save you. The Abrahamic covenant is all about how Abraham had righteousness imputed unto him. Because he faithfully served the Lord. The Lord had told him he would be the father of many nations. And he faithfully followed the will of the Lord, obeying the Lord. We, being the descendants and children of Abraham, are in that covenant. Meaning that because we are Abraham's seed, faith and the salvation and the gift of salvation can also be imparted unto us as well. And let me make sure I'm saying that correctly. Meaning that the only way you come to faith in Christ is to believe the gospel. And upon believing the gospel, that is imparted unto you. Righteousness is then imparted unto you. You become saved. You become a believer in Christ because you become righteous in him because you have believed the gospel. You have repented of sin and you have believed the gospel. That's the covenant of Abraham. The Bible talks about that in Romans chapter four. And actually in Romans chapter four and Romans chapter five about how we are grafted in, in a sense. And forgive me if my verbiage is slightly off or slightly askew. Okay. But we are grafted in. Meaning that because Abraham received by faith, we also receive by faith. That's the covenant of Abraham. Now that's glory and hallelujah. But that has nothing to do with Abraham's wealth because you see no other pattern of that in scripture. You don't see anybody talking about that in the New Testament at all. That's why they have to keep going back to Abraham because it doesn't exist. The Abrahamic covenant has nothing to do with prospering in the here and the now. I'm surprised he didn't use John 3 too. Beloved, I wish that you prosper and be in good health. I'm surprised he didn't use that. The Abrahamic covenant has nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, Abraham and his covenant had nothing to do with us being wealthy. It is righteousness imputed unto him due to his obedience. This is the blessing of Abraham. This is some of the notes I wrote here. Let me ask you a question. If the blessing of Abraham meant we were supposed to be rich and super prosperous, well, how do you explain this to all the Christians in the persecuted countries across the Atlantic Ocean where this, uh, where's the prosperity in the New Testament? Where do you see this at? Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. I want you to understand who this man really is. The fact that he could tell you that the Abrahamic covenant is about gaining wealth, that is a lie. If for no other reason, that disqualifies Kenneth Copeland as a teacher. That alone makes him a false teacher. That alone. Because that is something that is germane to the faith. It is one thing to be wrong on other parts that aren't necessarily as germane to the faith, per se. But that is the very pillar of our foundation. What is faith? 
What is faith supposed to produce? According to people like Kenneth Copeland and other Word of Faith heretics, faith is supposed to produce earthly blessings. Faith is supposed to produce, produce prosperity. Faith is supposed to make you wealthy. Faith is supposed to make you rich because it is a promise that's given to us by God because we are Abraham's seed, and that is a lie. That is the kind of lie that leads to apostasy. That is the kind of lie that leads to people rejecting the gospel and then becoming apostles for atheism. That is the kind of stuff that you cannot take over into Russia. You cannot take into Sudan. You cannot take over into Pakistan. You cannot preach that in Iraq. You cannot preach that in Nigeria. Where Christians are dying in India. Second class citizens in Muslim countries dying for the faith. Their faith wasn't, oh, I'm going to be wealthy one day. No, it's the faith that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven with the Father. That, my friend, is the truth. Actually, no. His promise was great wealth. The Bible also says that it's more difficult for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to get through the eye of a needle, correct? The rest of the scripture. But he said, all things are possible with God. Now, let's stop here. So what you heard was her misquoting scripture and using it in the context to say the rich don't go to heaven. And then he comes back and he says, well, all things are possible with God. But he wants to retaliate and say, no, -uh, because I could be rich in God because, see, he's on one side of the heresy. He's on one side of the heresy, which says that being a Christian and having faith means you should be wealthy and prosperous. But then the pendulum swings to the other side of the heresy that says, well, the rich don't get to heaven. And the only way you can really be a true Christian is by becoming a social justice warrior or engaging in liberation theology, meaning you're trying to save the planet and be a good citizen of the earth. That is used to demonize the wealthy. The Bible is clear. The wealthy exist in the church. You see that in Timothy. You see that in the gospel, in the book of James. So it's not that the wealthy don't enter the kingdom of heaven. What that passage is really all about is about self-righteousness. The rich young ruler, because that's the story they're talking about. The rich young ruler, understand this. He had come to the Lord Jesus saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We know what the Bible says. Jesus basically says that you need to leave all and follow me. Rich young ruler goes away sorrowful for he had many possessions. So what is that story about? Well, the disciples, after Jesus had made a comment that said, hardly will a rich man enter into heaven. Then the disciples were astonished and said, wait a minute, how is this possible? Because in that culture, guys like him were the elite. They were the establishment. They were the ruling class. They were the ones worthy of heaven. If anybody was worthy of heaven, it would be these people, right? They gotta be these people. And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Jesus was like, no, 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 no. That's not the case. That is not the case at all. The essence of why the rich and ruler could not be in heaven is because he was self-righteous. That's when Jesus said, it is harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter in heaven because he's self-righteous. It wasn't he was rich. And he had money. It was because he was rich in himself. He thought he controlled his own fate, that he controlled his own destiny, that he could really purchase and buy the gospel of salvation and eternal life. Um, some even theorize that, hey, they think that maybe he 
didn't see eternal life as eternity or whatever. He did not see it as eternal life, as it were, but he really saw it more so as I can live forever. I mean, that's possible. That's what he may have meant. That is very possible. And he said, if you study the, the Greek behind that, it's trusting in wealth. When he said that, his disciples said they were astonished out of measure because they were wealthy men. They were astonished out of measure saying, how can anyone be saved? He said, all things are possible with God. Both of my grandfathers were preachers. They were both very poor. They lived simple, modest lives. They were extremely offended by men that made money like you do, preaching like you do. What would your response be to people that think that preachers shouldn't live this kind of a lifestyle? Folks like my, both my grandfathers. And I understand that. And I love them with all my heart. It's, it's your grandfathers that we're standing on their shoulders. They held up and they stood for it. Glory to God. <laughs> but when you go back to the Bible, it's full of wealth. And it's full of miracles and signs and wonders. And it's full of goodness and it's full of meanness. It's just full of hell on earth. Those are the demons, not the people. I love the people. Again, getting back to the... De- Sir, thank you so much for your time What's today. Your Lisa Guerrero. Now, now watch this. Now, I want you to watch. Here comes the cringiest moment of this entire video. This is disgusting. He probably didn't really understand what he was doing. I want to believe that it is 2019, however. But just watch for it. Just wait to the end. Just watch for it. Lisa, God bless. Father, bless Lisa today. Thank you for her grandparents. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to know her and to her team now he's praying for her and i pray and i believe her peace will be successful i love him so now why in the world would he pray for that it was a hit piece on him why in the world would he pray for that that's nonsense that man's nervous he's just trying to get out of there i love the people on it and it thrills me to get a chance to have my face on inside the <laughs> Thank you very Hello. much, Reverend. You have a nice day. <laughs> no, no. Thank you very much no, no. for your patience. No, no. See that again. See that again. I love See that again. On it. See that again, people. And it thrills me to get a chance to have my face on inside <laughs> Thank you very I much. <laughs> and you have a nice day. <laughs> She's like, ill. Oh, my God. Old man kiss. Ill. <laughs> oh my god oh she's probably like ill oh my god no old man kiss ill <laughs> but anyway all right so that's the video <laughs> so, with that being said hey why in the world did i do this one it's because i wanted you to hear the liar for yourself And I want to challenge you. Now, there's a pretty good chance that most of the people that will watch this aren't word of faithers, aren't prosperity gospel people. However, you may have friends and family who are, and they're getting slicker about how they promote this stuff because they're getting very, very slick and they're becoming very deceptive. They're not 
engaging in the abuses of people like the Kenneth Copelands and the Creflo Dollars and things like that. But they're still taking shards and fragments of that false teaching and incorporating it into theirs. So I want you to be aware of how these things work. And once again, in summation, the word of faith doctrine is heresy. It is a lie. It is a damnable lie. It is a different Christ. I am concerned for the salvation of those who follow that faith. It was amazing to me how the wife of my former preacher used to basically say, well, if these people don't really believe in this doctrine, she didn't know if they were really saved because it's clearly biblical. That's the same thing I want to say to them, that your doctrine is clearly not biblical. And I have grave concerns about your salvation. I have grave concerns. You should have grave concerns too. If you have family, if you have friends that are trapped in that, if they even start to talk to you that they have some concerns, pray for them, get into the word of God with them, talk to them. Because one reason why the word of faith works so well is because it does meet fleshly human desires. The word of faith will tell you God can make your dreams come true. The prosperity gospel will tell you God can make everything happen for you. Yeah, sure, you can do it yourself, but wouldn't you prefer God's way? And it's easy to sell people on that because we are only human. And we have human needs, but we have to understand the difference between the human needs that are a result of our sinful flesh and the real human need, like the human need for for success and the human need for going higher in life and all this stuff. See, that's really not even in the Bible. It's really not. But I can understand why you would think it is. And I can understand why you believe it needs to be in the Bible, because that's what you want it to be. I understand that. But in closing, listen. The word of faith is a lie. People like Kenneth Copeland are false teachers. And if you are listening to me, and if you are watching me on YouTube, and you are even questioning it, do me a favor. Take a break. Get into the word for yourself. Trust the word for yourself. Because the number one thing these people are great at doing is getting you to trust them and them alone. There are a lot of people who are going to get mad at this video because they think these people are their spiritual covering. They think that these people are God's gift to them. To show them how to, quote, be more Christian, a.k.a. get more money and be more prosperous. And so you're not going to say anything bad about their T.D. Jakes and their Creflo Dollars and their Joyce Myers and all this stuff. But let God be true and every man a liar. Well, that's it. That's it. That's the end of the show. I am your host, Illuminary, saying you can chase a lot all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be right back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say.